Hi, everybody. My name is Trent Wilkie, and this is the Undad Podcast. This is a podcast about being a parent in this bizarro modernity. Also, it's about teamwork, because how else are you going to make a dream work? Hey, you dingleberries. episode is titled, Gandalf is my co-pilot. Uh, my name's Brom Olivier. I'm 34-year-old dad of two, uh, first-generation Canadian. Olivier. Olivier. I always kept, in my head, it's like Olivieri. Oh, there's, I've heard so many different pronunciations, but uh, it's, you know, a French, French last name, but my uh, dad is from the Caribbean, uh, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, and uh given the like cultural kind of mixing and history of the area, um, a lot of these kind of French words are still in use, but not pronounced <laughs> properly. And, you know, if you asked anyone from the island, they would probably also not say Olivier. Oh, okay. It would be like, Olive- oh, wow. Man, I have to think about it. It would be like, there's so many different ways. Is your name Jeff Olive Oil? <laughs> yeah, Olive Oil. <laughs> Olivier. Yeah. When you were younger, growing up here in Edmonton, mm-hmm. did you always want to be a parent? Um, I can't say that I did. Um, I don't know if I ever really thought too, too uh, intensely about whether I was like interested in being a parent or not. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of like right around the time where I was like, maybe I won't be a parent. We got pregnant with the first one. So, (laughs) (laughs) so that's, that's the way you do it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so when you, when you realize that you're going to have a kid. What was the one thing that astonished you most about becoming a father or a parent? Because being a father and a parent are two completely different things. Yeah, that's that's very true. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in terms of like being a parent, I think probably one of the biggest uh, releva- elevations, revelations, revelations. There we go. The Bible <laughs> one um, was just like having this um, entity and presence in your life that matters more than your own life, you know, you kind of like spend most of your kind of childhood, teenage years and stuff like that thinking kind of, I I don't want to say selfishly, but it's kind of like your self-interest kind of dictate your life more so. And, uh, and then having a kid that kind of flip and thinking and, uh, self-interest maybe kind of like taking a back seat to like, what's, what's better for, um, your child is was a huge shift in thinking that I uh, was not aware I was capable of. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the second one. Yeah. Same sort of thing. Same sort of. Yeah. Less time now, double the work type thing. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I I remember when we kind of first found out, being like, "Oh man, we're already so pressed for like time." 
how is this going to work? Um, but, you know, it just kind of comes. You, you deal with it, and it's, yeah. What is uh, one thing about being a parent that has not lived up to the hype? Like, which is the one where it's like, ah, oh, you know, they said it'd be, that's bullshit. That was bullshit. Um, well, I have to narrow it down to one. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can do top ten if you want. Um, I think there's uh, sometimes uh, the perception that you're always, you know, having an awesome family time. And even when uh, your kid's being a little shit that uh, you, you know, you get by and it's fine. But sometimes they go through these stages where, like, it's every day. Mm-hmm. Every day it's the same, like, whining, complaining, and whatever. And you forget that they were once these little beautiful things in your hands. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're little people now. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of funny because when they're infants, you know, it's like, oh, no, not another poopy diaper. I mm-hmm. just changed it. Yeah. And uh, as they start getting older, it's like, oh, no, he's not eating his breakfast again. Like, yeah. come on. Like, we had this whole conversation yesterday yeah. or at supper time last night. So, yeah. yeah. You sort of get used to it. Though, <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Case, when he starts to eat, it'll just be another series of problems. Yeah, exactly. It just oh, shifts. He, you know, <laughs> stole another helicopter or whatever. <laughs> Oh, um, I can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> if you could be anybody in history's dad, whoa, alive or dead, and you can't be my dad because I'd want to be your dad, who would that be? Huh. There's kind of two ways you could go with that. It could either be like, I want to make that crappy person a better person by being their parent, mm-hmm. or you could kind of go with like, that person's so awesome, it would be so sweet to be around, <laughs> you know? Because you like music, right? I definitely like music. Yeah, yeah. You're in several bands. So yeah. would you go the musical route or would you go the... Because that is... I'm not going to say that's mm-hmm. selfish. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, having a band with your kid who's like a superstar? <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I could have a superstar superstar, superstar rock child. Um, or would you rather help someone that's a little shit? <laughs> that seems like a bit presumptuous that I could actually like help a little shit be a better... Yeah, kid, well, you know, usually when you see, you meet kids and then you meet their parents, you're like, ah, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That poor kid. Um, Would you be Jason Kenny's dad? Oh, uh, I don't <laughs> think so. No, no. <laughs> Jason Kenny, uh, I don't know if his parents are the problem there. <laughs> uh, that, that might be more of a kind of environmental... Uh, or destruction of the environmental um, issue going on there. Do you compare yourself to your parents when you're parenting? Like when you, because you have to rationalize it, right? Like it's like, okay, I'm not going to freak out. I'm going to use the tools that I was taught. Do you compare yourself to your parents or when you're parenting? Or do you just say, oh, I just sounded like my parents? Uh, I, definitely both. I think um, there's often times where you're kind of like, or I am kind of like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to do this the way my parents did. But then mm-hmm. there's other situations where it kind of becomes clear, like, oh, I I see why my mom kind of laid down the hammer like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, yeah, I, I, I compare myself to them quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But whether it's in a I want to do it like them or I want to do something totally different, that kind of like changes depending on the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And you have those memories from when, like I, I do this daily where I have mm-hmm. the memories when I'm younger and I remember those moments that stuck with me, like don't cross the road by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, usually the moments when your parents first blew up with you. Yeah. 
And you think to yourself, did I just create that memory for my child <laughs> yelling about sitting on the remote control? Did I yeah, just create yeah. that yeah. my child's going to like, my family's going to grow up with 500 remote controls. But do you yeah, think yeah. like, do you, do, you, do you think like that? And do you think about the situations that you were in or? Um, yeah, for sure. You know, uh, <laughs> it's kind of like, um, I think. So it's still like, even though my oldest is five years old, mm-hmm. it, there's still a lot of that seems like I'm still a new parent, still yeah. kind of like uh, trying to figure out the ropes. And uh, some there's some situations where like I can see that it's, you want to have your kid, this stick with your kid. And even if it's, you know, sometimes, you know, they're going to kind of have, negative thoughts about that like it's there's a lesson in it oh geez um (laughs) so currently my oldest is uh he's a slow poke he likes to procrastinate when it comes to getting ready and stuff like that and so um there's been a couple times where we've you know got to get out of the door and he's just totally not ready to go and I'll just grab everything and be like, we're getting in the car now, you know? And he's like, but I'm still playing with my Transformers or whatever. And like, I don't care. Let's do it. And, you know, he'll cry, blow up. And two days later, he'll be like, I'm sorry I took so long. And I'm like, oh, wow, he's still thinking about that. Even though, like, to me, I was like, whatever. We just we just did it. We had to do what we had to do. And, uh, yeah, you know. Empathy, eh? Yeah. That's the hardest thing to teach, I'd say. Empathy yeah. and <laughs> self-awareness, because I still don't have it. <laughs> no. We interrupt this program for... Lyrical nonsense. The song Coming Around the Mountain is a filthy song. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes? <laughs> yeah, I bet she will. She'll be driving six white horses when she comes? My friend's older sister had a thing she referred to as six white horses. It took a lot of batteries and sounded like a leaf blower. We'll all go out to meet her when she comes. I would, but the tickets are probably way too overpriced. She'll have to sleep with grandma when she comes. Well, you win some, you win some. She will bring us to the portals when she comes. I once portaled so hard that I burst a blood vessel in my eye. She'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. I mean, what the f- And now, back to the program currently in progress. So, uh, besides getting trapped in a well made out of bees, what is your biggest fear for your child that jumps into your head almost daily? What is the, something that you're actually scared of? Besides death, I guess. Yeah, like, there's there's uh, so many situations where they're, you know, you're worried that your kid's going to just run out into the road because he's too busy playing or... Mm-hmm. Whatever, um, but besides that kind of stuff, is it like joining a cult or depends on the cult. <laughs> <laughs> There's some pretty, really cool cults yeah. out there, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I am quite scared that I might screw up and he'll turn into like ultra conservative Albertan somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, has that how's that affect your life growing up? Like, because where's your dad? Your dad's from. He's from St. Vincent and the Grenadines, and your so mom is from South Africa. Okay, uh, so, so that's a diverse background. Do you think your son actually could with such a diverse family? 
Um, or do you think Alberta has that type of power? Uh, hey, you never know, yeah. I guess. Uh, I I really don't think there's much of a possibility of that, but you never know. Yeah. Um, both my parents are kind of, we're very um, politically involved. Uh, my mom is, was a South African, like, anti-apartheid fighter mm-hmm. and uh, was um, exiled from her country um, during apartheid for that. And... Uh, so there is like a big kind of like revolutionary uh, thread that has um, weaved itself through my upbringing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would hope that um, I impart some of that onto my child, and yeah, and I'd say like, maybe the chances are slim, but you never know. I've I rebelled against a lot of the stuff that my parents uh, tried to. Uh, instill in me when I was uh, a kid and a teenager and stuff like that. But in a way, I guess I kind of, you know, came back to it as I uh, grew as a person. But you never know, man. You see the, you see sometimes kids do the complete opposite thing mm-hmm. of what their parents are like. And I just hope that, uh, you know, like we were talking about before, like I don't uh, create any lasting trauma for my kid that would uh, that would drive them so far away from, or either of my kids would drive them so far away from kind of the uh, life and people I hope they turn out to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard, that's, it's not so much about the stuff that I can't control. Yeah. It's the stuff that I can control. Yeah, Like totally. being, being a parent, like yeah. being a, pro- I mean, there's no right way to do it. There's a million wrong ways to do it, but... <laughs> Most of it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of changing poopy diapers, mm-hmm. uh, have your children ever made you vomit? Like in terms of a response to something they've done? It's a general question. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I definitely got the stomach flu from uh, Kieran when, uh, I don't know where he brought it into the house from. And that was crazy, actually, because he was only maybe, I'm trying to remember if he was even walking yet. I don't know if he was walking. He was still breastfeeding for sure. Yeah. And uh, he was started throwing up, which, you know, with like kind of infants, toddlers, sometimes those things happen just like just from breastfeeding, mm-hmm. you know. And it didn't seem all that out of the ordinary at first and then kind of became clear like, oh, he's got a fever. He's throwing up a bunch. Yeah. And then I got it and I was like just laid out. Yeah. And then Teresa got it and she was still breastfeeding and i remember both of us like sharing the bathroom puking and our child like trying to crawl on her while she's puking to like breastfeed and stuff oh it was terrible it was so gross so the glamour of, <laughs> yeah. the glamour of being a parent was definitely there yeah um a lot of people get asked i have friends that don't have kids mm-hmm. uh and there's always this pressure around a certain age to have kids do you think that people should have kids? Like, do you think that everybody should have kids? Do you think it should be a worry? Do you think it should be something that people think about every day? Is, um, I don't think everybody should have kids. Mm-hmm. I think, especially given um, the state of our planet and our like the environment and stuff like that, uh, it's probably a better to really kind of think quite concretely mm-hmm. if you're in kind of the position where you can. Uh, about whether you uh, want to have kids, whether you have the means to um, 
support them in a way that's sustainable uh, um, to society and for the environment. Are you teaching your kids this? Is like, do you try to instill recycling and not wasting water and turning off the lights like that? Like, is he is he at five taking that stuff in? Um, he definitely knows what goes in the garbage, what goes in the recycling, um, and I think a lot of that is isn't so much about kind of being like this is how we recycle or this like you shouldn't leave the tap on that long and of course I say these things to him mm-hmm. but I think a lot of it also is just some um, nurturing a respect for nature and mm-hmm. the environment and when you know we're out camping in the summer and we're walking down a hiking trail and you see uh, someone just like tossed a beer can or something like that on the side of the trail um, mm-hmm. kind of like pointing it out and being like this is like even this untouched seemingly untouched wilderness mm-hmm. we're still finding human garbage mm-hmm. and picking it up and you know kind of s- trying to instill that we are um care the caretakers of our environment and if we uh just want to let it destroy it we're going to have nowhere to live kind of thing you know so mm-hmm. how important do you think it is for a child to have a connection with the natural world I like think, a, sort of a harmony. Yeah, I think it's uh, super important, especially this day and age where we have these devices that we can take anywhere. Um, and you mean e- phones and yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, any kind of thing like that, phones, tablets, uh, cars have TVs in them, mm-hmm. things like that. Now, um, that even when we are in nature, it's possible to be completely distracted from mm-hmm. it. So, uh, I. For me, I I feel like it's like super important um, to do that, and uh, we're fortunate enough to live in the River Valley, right across from there's a River Valley Trail on the other side of mm-hmm. our front street. So, um, and being a bike mechanic and a cyclist, like I take him out riding all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of that's like the big conversation in our house right now is like summer's coming. How do we get our two month old baby like? into a bike <laughs> you know? um and and with kieran like he loves he loves being out there um on the bike we're planning on doing like a week-long bike tour this yeah. summer and uh he, i feel like i see him kind of grow exponentially when we spend longer amounts of time um out in nature uh there's just so much stimulus that kind of takes over that kind of childhood like it's really easier for them to get sucked into watching Paw Patrol or something like that. I'm rolling my eyes. Just I can hear you. (laughs) Uh, So, and I, I find, you know, when you get a kid out of that and um, out camping and there's, there's other things that take that attention and it's like, you actually see them grow and learn and, and you are provided with this really easy, um, chance to educate them as well on a level that's childish for you but mm-hmm. also helps them grow we interrupt this program for a word from our sponsor stressful week kids driving you squirrely well at the end of the day you need the undad stress relief serum first get some kale some quinoa a large spaghetti squash two liters of coconut water some cauliflower dander, and four heads of iceberg lettuce. Now, put them all in a pillowcase and smash it with a bat until you can't scream anymore. Then, put a funnel directly in your nose 
tilt your head back, and pour a bottle of red wine directly into your mind. Now, lay down on a pile of destruction, my tired little hero, and let it all slip away. Slip away. Slip away. And now, back to the program currently in progress. Uh, I asked you to bring something that uh, <laughs> reminded you of your your child. Yeah. Uh, and you said, uh, uh, what was it, a boot Mickey? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we had a good laugh. Uh, well, the laugh of recognition. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you brought, what did you, what did you bring? So, um, I'm, yeah, as we said, I'm also a musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... When he was really young, I was like, okay, how do I, how am I going to make sure this kid's really into music? And I probably went a little bit <laughs> overboard. Uh, and it seemed to be working for a while. And um, he's obviously not into the same music. I. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, he wanted a guitar. We had a couple like plastic toy guitars that had been handed down that other kids had beaten up and stuff like that. And just they were these objects that were toys that you could pretend to play. They weren't really like worth playing at all. So I was like, no, we're going to, we're going to get you a guitar. But then I also, I think smartly realized it will still be a toy. And if I go out and buy him a guitar, he can play, it's probably going to destroy it. So we made one. Okay. And uh, it's just a little kind of cigar box style guitar, but we made it out of empty cookie tin. And you can play it? Yeah, you want to play it? Yeah, I might have to to tune it up a bit. We'll tune it up. So it's it's obviously a kid's toy, so it has been beaten up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you picked out the cookie tin, and you I see there's 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 (laughs) and there's an inlays on the. uh, Yeah. Oh wow. It's banjo-y in a way, right? Yeah. Now, when he sees you doing this or working on bikes or seeing you doing something you love. Nice. (laughs) Nice. I got Kieran to kind of pick out some things to put on as pictures on the fret markers instead of just dots like a normal guitar would have. And so there's there's an axe. There's a penny farthing bicycle, which is, I have a tattoo of that on my arm, which is probably why he picked it. A boot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said a water bottle, but I turned it into a jug of moonshine. Um, a sperm whale, a fishing hook, and a sword, and a star, and a moon. Is there any obvious connection, or these are just things that were in his head that he yeah, cares get- about at the moment? You, it's like ask a well. He would have been like a three and a half year old, four year old at the time. Um, so he probably doesn't even remember why he picked any of these things. Now, like the the bike is the only one that I could actually tell you because I remember him just being like, "Put the bike that's on your arm on the guitar." Yeah, yeah. Um, and like swords, oh, I'd have a sword. Yeah, I'd put two swords on that. Thing. Yeah. Um, the the sperm whale. Um, I think. So the island my dad's from, there's a, um, they're like, have a, like history of whaling there Mm -hmm. and they still allow uh, a traditional whale hunt. It's actually kind of like probably basically the last whaler is 
still doing it now and it's just 12 guys on a sailboat kind mm-hmm. of thing they harpoon the whale by hand and stuff so my dad has lots of stories about growing up his dad was one of these whalers um that i'm kieran's heard i'm sure by the time we made this guitar many of these stories <laughs> over and over and uh and so i'm i'm guessing that's why the the sperm whale ended up on there yeah how important is it, do you think, for him to watch you do things that you love? Oh, I think super important. Um, I have a lot of kind of hobbies, passions, distractions, and things like that. Um, I've always kind of been a proponent of the idea that I should always have one more project than I'm actually capable of completing. Yeah. Um, if why not more than why, one. Why, though? Um idle hands type thing yeah I, I guess it's it's the kind of idle hands type thing and there's i am maybe a bit of a dreamer i guess and i always kind of like see something i want to do and i like to kind of always be in a position where i'm chasing down those things that i like to do and if i get if i actually achieve that and i don't have something after that to achieve i i don't know there might not be any problem with that, but for me, I'm like, I always think if I get there and like, what, what then? So yeah. I always want to make sure there's still, uh, something to go after, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Is that, is that comparable to, you said you, with your, with what your mom went through mm-hmm. with apartheid, is mm-hmm. that connect, does that sort of thing connect? Like her being passionate mm-hmm. and you being passionate or loving something like that? Is that you know are these things that made both of you? I I, I uh, maybe haven't concretely thought about it in those terms, but I could see the connection yeah. there for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, my my parents um, have always wanted us to kind of have goals and try to achieve them, and you know whether it's you get there. You set your sights on it and you get there easy or uh, or it takes a lot of work to try and see it through. Yeah. 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 There's a I go through this thing and another go, referencing what your mom mm-hmm. must have went through. I have no idea what that's like. Yeah. But me neither. Really. But but, but <laughs> by saying that it's character building, mm-hmm. you know, um, I've never gone through. There's not not a lot of stuff I went through that wasn't that I didn't bring upon myself, so to speak. Right. Okay. Yeah. Adversity. Do you think that people need adversity in their lives? And I'm not talking about this anti-bullying thing. I'm not mm-hmm. saying people should be bullied. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that. But when your child climbs a tree, do you always want to tell it not to climb a tree? Do you think that it needs to follow to learn? Do you think that sometimes hardships are necessary? I would say yes, Um as a parent, that's a weird one because, you know, you always kind of want your your children to to be safe. Uh, to It always sucks when they hurt themselves. But uh, you know, I always feel like I have to recognize that that's, that's important. I mean, um, with your tree example, I remember on my fifth birthday, actually, uh, my we had a little party in the park by our house and... A bunch of us climbed up into this tree and I fell out of the tree and from like 10 feet up mm-hmm. and twisted my ankle and 
One of the activities, I, I have to ask my mom about what this was all about, <laughs> that she had planned for this birthday was that she blew up a bunch of balloons and we, I think we had like one end tied to our leg and then we were trying to like stomp on the balloon and pop it. Was there a prize in the balloon or something or you got a prize if you popped it? I don't know. It seems like stepping on balloons outside is pretty easy. So... I just have this vague memory of it not being able to step on the balloon because I had hurt my ankle. Yeah. But I guess what I'm getting at is it didn't stop me from climbing trees. It did actually make me pay more attention, though, when I was doing those kind of activities. And I actually kind of fell in love with climbing trees after yeah. that because I, rather than just climbing up there and doing something, I got this like weird ultra focus on like the best way to climb a tree. Yeah. And uh, that extended well into my um, teenage years and a bit into my adult years. And I've climbed some really dangerous trees now. <laughs> um, I've, I've gotten out of that. <laughs> I've <laughs> grown out of father. that phase. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, I think like those kind of things, adversity um, and a little bit of danger is uh, is really good for for growing kids. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not saying that you have to put your kid in the middle of the road and say "run for your life," <laughs> but you know, sneaking up in the middle of the night and saying "oh my god" while they're sleeping is you know, yeah, exactly. Only positives can come out of that. You know what I mean? What is what is one thing you're working on now as a parent? Like, is there something that you consciously, I have a friend who started meditating. Mm -hmm. She said she started meditating every day, and I'm not saying everybody should meditate, but she meditates mm -hmm. every day just to, to make her realize that these their kids are twins. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I assume that she's doing it because it just reminds her that these are still little kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, you see them as people because you see their habits and you forget how old they are. And now that you have two, you're going to start mm -hmm. forgetting that he's only five or he's yeah. only six, yeah. right? Yeah, and well, I guess your the meditation example kind of reminds me of something that me and uh, my oldest have been doing for a bit over a year now. He, when we first started, um, tried to start play school, getting him in play school, mm -hmm. uh, it became really obvious he has some like social anxiety, and uh, up until yeah, kind of three ish and stuff, we we have like a pretty good big group of friends and a few of them have kids so we had like he was always hanging out with the same kids or cousins and it was re a really easy way for us to go it's just like we'd go out to hang with our friends and they have kids and they all just play but when we tried to put him in play school the first time if we kind of started to realize like he's comfortable with the kids that he's kind of grown up with but he isn't comfortable with kids he doesn't know at all mm -hmm. and it went even to like going to the park he if other kids were in the park he wouldn't want to play yeah and um the first attempt at play school like i couldn't leave him there he'd just flip out the few times we tried to the teachers tried to be like oh just leave him and we'll see how it goes i'd be gone for half an hour and i'd get a phone call and they're like you gotta come back he's losing his mind yeah. anyway so we started doing I, at the time i don't think i thought about this as being like a thing, a, the reason we're doing it's just uh, this kung fu school started up a uh, like kids kung, um, like parent child kung fu class, and we just went. And a big part of the kung fu class was kind of helping build um, like confidence in in children and 
the and adults and like giving them helping through kung fu kind of create these skills and patience and uh confidence in your child and in your parent and so he went from you know holding on to my leg at kung fu uh to now like he's like a really active and outgoing part of the class and it's really helped him through a lot of it and for me it's kind of helped me not see his social anxiety as being like this thing that I have to like constantly be like no play with those kids it's Mm -hmm. okay and all that stuff is kind of like helped me um have some patience with him and help see what he's feeling and get through that situation and it's just uh you know for him like in kung fu we have a belt test at the end of every semester and he has to go and kind of do a form or or whatever in front of the whole class in order mm-hmm. to get a new belt or a stripe on the belt and uh he's always super worried about it beforehand and a big thing that's helped him through that is just like focusing on the task that he's supposed to be doing focus on the form um and don't focus so much on what the people are staring at you for yeah and they're actually whether you do it totally right or not you're going they're going to clap for you at the end yeah. they're all going to support you they want you to succeed yeah, yeah exactly and um and yeah so and it's it's helped him in a lot of ways i mean play school's no problem for him yeah he goes to the park and kicks the crap out of all the kids. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Cuts down the trees with his, <laughs> his karate chop. Yeah. <laughs> what is the one mistake that you made that you will never tell your kids, but you will always reference in your head when they do something incredibly stupid that you have to remind yourself that they are human? So something that you did that was a total, complete, and utter fuck up um, that reminds you that your kids are going to fuck up. I guess I have a propensity to be a, a debative personality sometimes i Mm -hmm. uh often will get into conversations that maybe start as just being kind of harmless uh often i would say politically um uh charged conversations that seem at first like not a big deal but then when i start noticing uh some differences in in thinking or um world view Mm-hmm. I uh, I really like to kind of jump on it, pick out contradictions, and get quite heated sometimes. And I think uh, uh, in my growing up at home with my parents, like we had so many crazy like dinner table debates about big topics, uh, and we'd all yell and. Somehow it was just like our our family interaction Mm -hmm. and totally normal. But when you bring that out of the house where that culture is a normal thing, a lot of people don't understand that. That's where you're coming from. And and then it turns into like, man, I don't want to talk to Brahma about this. Like Mm -hmm. he gets so intense. It's just toothpaste. Why is he so motivated? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that toothpaste is made by a big international conglomerate of... (laughs) Anyway, why is it so delicious then? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Why is why is toothpaste sweet? Yeah. Like, think about that. If they didn't want you to drink shampoo. <laughs> why did they make it so smell so good? And so, I've definitely gotten into situations where I have gone over the top and ended up totally hurting people's feelings unintentionally. And uh, you sure it was unintentional? Because it sounds like you're. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, it sounds like you're trying to make a point, right? 
Yeah, for sure. Now, whether um, I think probably the thing is recognizing that line where mm-hmm. you've made your point or you're just like tearing someone's self-esteem down. And I definitely have noticed in myself, uh, I'm not very good at recognizing that point. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I definitely do not want my children to pick up. But how in the world as it is today mm-hmm. with the political landscape that people are trying to decide what is human rights and what is political opinion, mm-hmm. how are you going to talk to your your kids about this era of whatever the hell this is that's mm-hmm. going on? Like, how do you say it's, you know, you don't treat, yeah you don't treat people that way? Yeah, it's it's like a fine balance between teaching tolerance and then, but then also teaching uh to kind of like stand up for what's right, stand up for the people that are that don't have the same uh, voice mm-hmm. or opportunity as you, and also at the same time recognizing we don't all think the same, and and there are some times where there are people who have viewpoints that you really d- might disagree with, but we also live in a d- democratic society um, where we have to be around people that. Like they're, those viewpoints are still valid, um, and we are lucky to live in a Even situation. Even if someone doesn't like you because your skin color, well, there it's hard to see the validity in that being that I am a person of color, and it's you know something I can't change. I've had many lessons in my life that I have learned from interactions with um, people who may have judged me for my skin color or um, are kind of like ignorant about. Um, culture and stuff like that is is that I have had in many situations no choice but to be tolerant of some of those viewpoints and letting them have their say maybe trying to kind of come back and and create a little crack in that way of thinking for them afterwards uh there there's just too many times like I think like if I just jumped on somebody immediately because they said something like ignorant or racist the conversation would just have been, it would have just stopped there or devolved into a, a way that there there would be no there would be no exchange of ideas that would actually get you thinking afterwards. And it is kind of like a weird thing because while I might have to tolerate at the time someone saying something that I, you know, really cuts me deeply and I can't really do anything about it. Sometimes you have to think about a larger goal um, with in in kind of our world with, and I think this is a common thing with lots of people of color is I can't, if I just react immediately, I'm, I'm reacting for myself and it isn't like helping other people of color deal with this person or this mm-hmm. way of thinking. And it's a, can be a big burden sometimes to kind of always like in these situations being like, how do I create the maximum benefit for all people who may stand out because of the way they look or their gender or anything like that. Yeah, you got to focus on the on the on the end game and sometimes the, a little bit of tolerance for stuff that makes you uncomfortable is is really important. You want to keep Tell the that. dialogue going. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that being said, there are definitely times where that I mean especially like overt racism, it's like how do I deal with this besides breaking this person's nose? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like. But you can't teach your kids that. 
Now, there's a nice way to break a person's nose. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, you know, and and the thing is, you might actually be able to teach your kids that. I think, mm -hmm. um, personally, like self defense is not just a physical thing; it is also like an emotional and a, and mental thing. And a, that self defense is a legitimate way of dealing with aggression. And now, whether we're talking about actually like violent self defense or like philosophical self-defense walking or away yeah. from a situation anyway. yeah exactly yeah. exactly um and yeah that's like one thing our uh our um seeing at kung fu says you know like the the first line of defense in kung fu is run away essentially from thank yeah. you so much hey thank you thank you for being so thoughtful man cheers I really appreciate that yeah I'd like to thank Andrew Paul for producing this episode. I'd also like to thank the Edmonton Community Foundation for the recording space and the support. I'd also also like to thank Nathaniel Sutton of Brother Octopus slash Defend the Rhino slash whatever it is the heck he's working on for the intro music. You can find me at theundad.com or online at theundad on Twitter or just type in the undad on Facebook. Or you can email me at Trent at thetrentwilkie.com. Or you can just see me on the street and give me a way too long hug. <laughs>